Welcome to Canoe. I'm Junior. And I'm Jordan. We're two pastors, but don't worry, we're not going to preach. Nah, we think the best conversations happen on a canoe, especially ours. So whether you're on a run, in the kitchen, or on your commute, grab a paddle, hop in the canoe. Let's navigate a river together. We want to start with a formal apology. We're sorry. We are so sorry. We have, uh, we've gotten so many people who are coming up to us. What are you guys doing? Do you guys even care about us anymore? Do you love us? What is the world doing without two dudes in a canoe? Yeah. Well, and to be fair, a lot's been going on. I mean, Jordan switched jobs, uh, Easter. You have your book. But no, book. no, 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 no excuses. There's no excuses for our actions. We are lazy, terrible people. Maybe you are, but for me... <laughs> I have been boycotting this canoe because last river, we got rid of word of the river. And I said, fine, I don't want to do this anymore. Can't do word of the river. I'm done. That's He does this all the time. He An idea gets shot down and then Junior <laughs> goes and hides. No, Junior, we asked our people, word of the river or reviews. And they wanted reviews. It is true. After we did that that episode, we had I had quite a few people say like, no, Jordan's right on that one. Word of the river sucked. Okay. So we listen, listen to our people. Yep. So with that, we have a review. Okay. Let's get to... River views. All right, Jordan, you picked up something. I've seen this on like Facebook ads and Instagram ads. I've I kind of wanted to use it. So I I'm think we've all this. seen this because it's actually from as seen on TV, the one and only Derma Suction. Suck the yuck out of your pores <laughs> is actually on the box. And so, and what it is, it looks like a little uh, vacuum cleaner for your pores. For your face. So we're going to try this out, okay. unboxing it for the first time. Is it breaking any sort of hygiene rules if we both use this? Because I feel like if you're going to use it, I don't <laughs> want to use it after you. No, it comes with multiple heads. You have an oval head, a small head, a large head. Okay. Which head are you using right now? Well, you, I'll probably give you the larger head because you have your nose. Oh, wow. <laughs> Bird. I <laughs> know. Uh, I'm just going to use the silicone head. Okay. Helps absorb grease and dirt from the skin. Okay. Here we go. All right. How does it feel? Honestly, it feels like a little fairy sucking on my nose. <laughs> okay, wow. I, I'm going to tell you my review after you try this. Try this. Okay, well, first I got to change the head because it'd be just gross. Okay. All right, I'll say the suction on this is like far greater than I had expected. For two AA batteries, it's doing its job. I feel like a new man. Okay, what do you think? What are we doing? Out of five? Five stars. I'm going... Amazon it. I'm going to go four and a half. I as well am going to go four and a half. This is a successful product. This is actually very surprising because I thought I was going to give it a one. Me too. This is I, anything I on the box that says suck the yuck out of your pores <laughs> would get a one just by sheer marketing. But no, this is a four and a half stars. Four and a half stars. Probably the best thing we have reviewed to date. Yep. The Derma Suck at your local Walgreens. $19.99. What is that steal. what it was? This was. All right. And we're not sponsored by them. Not yet. We're not. Well, this is Q and A River. I mean, we've done this a few times. It's fun. It's, it's fun. different. It's different. It's a hodgepodge of topics that we get to give yeah, our two cents on. Yeah. So let's start with the first one out of the mailbag. Can I be a Christian and not be a part of church? I don't think so. Unless you, you know, you don't have the opportunity to be part of the local church. But if you do have a opportunity to be part of the Bride of Christ and, and you're not part of the ecclesia. I don't know. How can you say you follow Jesus if you're not in his church? Hmm. Like the church is the bride of Christ. Christ is coming back for the bride. If you're not part of the bride, where does that put you? I, 
I, I, I don't know. I guess I don't know. I just don't think in a good place. And I don't say it to be judgmental. I, I don't judge hearts. Thank God for that. I say this with love. Like, you need to be part of the church. It scares me for your sake if you're not. Yeah, I, I picture Brixton, my four-year-old, coming up to me and saying, Dad, can I be a machunga without being part of the family? I'm like, no. I mean, those two things go right. hand in hand. And right. it's the same thing. It's like, if you are a follower of Jesus, you are. It, he says, then you're part of the family of God. Yeah. And for you to stiff arm that, one, I mean, it's a stiff arm to Jesus who died to make the, his, to, he died for the bride and died for the family of God. But Jordan, like even throughout the Old Testament, you see God's people are always part of community. It was a faith community. And I think right now we live in such an individualistic society that we mm. try to separate that. I think to God, you just you can't separate that. If, if you're a follower of Jesus, you're part of his community and there's no separating that. And to be clear, Jordan, we're not saying going to church makes you a Christian. It's not what we're saying no. at all. It's through the blood of Jesus Christ. It is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. But if you have that relationship with Jesus Christ, you are part of the bride. You are part of the community of faith. And I would say this is in the New Testament. You can look. There is not a single Christian in the New Testament that was churchless. There's just not. When you were, became a follower of Jesus, you were added to the church. It says that in Acts, that when all those people were baptized, they were saved, then they were added to the church. And that, and then it goes on to say that God continued to add to the church daily. So it's almost like there's this connection where if you are saved, you're added to the church. So get your to church. <laughs> That's right. Now, a follow-up to that. How do you reach out to someone who feels burned by the church? Because we all know people who have said, ah, you know what? I love Jesus. I don't love the church because I've just been burned by the church. I've been hurt too by the church too much. Yeah. What do you say to that? Uh, uh, okay. This is tricky in that. Okay. Uh, church hurt is real. I don't downplay that. Like church hurt can hurt because church is personal. It's supposed to be. It's community. Hmm. Uh, right now, it's definitely like the often pressed button though, isn't it? Like church hurt, church hurt, church hurt. I've seen people claim church hurt when most of the hurt was caused by them. I've also seen pastor friends protect their flock from toxic people, and then those people run off claiming church hurt as if they were the victim. So when it comes to church hurt, it can be extremely complex. It can be real. I've felt it. I've, I've had some terrible, awful things said to me and about me by other church leaders, and it hurt. So I get it. it. It can be very real, but come on, it can also be made up and used as a tool for manipulation. You think about it. If anyone has been burned by the gathering of God's people, it was Jesus Christ. Like the leaders of the synagogue, the leaders of the temple put him to death, yet he still loved going to those. And too often, and I've been guilty of this, we just we expect too much of the church. It's a bunch of broken people trying to navigate a broken world together. And we're going to step on each other's toes and we rub each other the wrong way sometimes. Now, there should still be accountability and there should still be discipline, but we have to understand what we're dealing with. We're dealing with broken sinners that Jesus tasked with the mission to reach the community. I agree 100%. Now, telling to, that to someone who's been burned by the church, maybe it'd be a convicting thing, but do you really... No, that would go over really, really, really bad. <laughs> so how would you... Likely. So uh, it's sincerely, because we're talking about people who, they probably listen to our podcast, they, they're familiar with our church or they go to church, yeah. but they probably have people in their circles that yeah. don't go because they feel burned. Mm -hmm. So what would you say to I that would person? say love them. Don't let the friendship become about bashing the church because that easily happens. You have somebody who's burned by the church and somebody's kind of reaching out and then all of a sudden that friendship is all about bashing the church. Hmm. That happens very easily and I have been guilty of that and that's very dangerous. I was still having boundaries with those yes, friends. There hey, needs to be boundaries. When we're hanging out, obviously you know this is important to me. 
Yeah. So it's like, I'm not going to hang out with you if you're bashing my wife. Absolutely. So I'm also not going to hang out with you if you're bashing my church. Right. Of course. I love what Neil Cole said. He said, don't ever ridicule the bride of Christ, no matter what she may look like, because sooner or later, you'll have to deal with the groom. Now, that's a scary reality. Yeah, absolutely. Because you can bash me all day, and I'll bite my tongue. I'll try to at least. You bash my wife, and okay, the gloves are coming off. So that's a scary reality. So establish boundaries in how you talk about the church. But with them, just love them. Be good to them. Bless them. Speak well of Christ's bride. And pray that God directs you in what to do next with them and how to interact. Yeah, I'd encourage you as well to invite them to church. Invite them back. So sometimes people are just waiting and for another invitation to say, you know what, I want to try it again. I think a lot of people would, who feel burned by the church are looking for still a healthy church to be a part of. So invite them with you. Yeah. Invite them to come. Do it. All right, this one's a little more fun. If you weren't pastors, what would your dream job be? An assassin. <laughs> you really you really went from one, <laughs> ar- one way to the other. Yeah, you know what? I get this question a lot. Yeah. I never know how to respond. Like... I don't know. I'm just not very good. I'm not very good at much. Like if I couldn't be a pastor tomorrow, I'd be like, well, crap, I'm not very good at anything. Well, that's why it says dream job I, okay. in your dreams. Okay. So, all right. So one of my dreams was to get a degree in archaeology. I love history. I love being outside. And so I'll just go with archaeologist. So you that would just, be my dream so your job. your dream job is to dig around in the dirt. Yes. Archaeologist during the day, assassin at night. <laughs> all right. What would be yours? Easy. Astronaut. Really? Absolutely. I have a big desire to go to the moon one day would you rather go to the moon or mars i would rather go to the moon the mars mars is far you'd have to i think it's years but what if they had like there. a special rocket and you could get there just as fast mars oh. or moon mars because like, am i the first one there no still mars okay so you would go to mars over the moon i would go to the moon i'd want to sure. go to both but I'd, I'd planet hop i have a fascination with the moon the i have pictures amazing. of the moon in my house like even as a kid i just love staring at the moon i'd go to the moon so you'd also be an astronaut. I'd be an archaeologist, <laughs> astronaut, assassin. Three A's. That's what I love about you. Big dreams. Big yeah. dreams. Junior, this episode, I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like it's been way too happy. Oh, it's been awful. Way too go- cheerful and yeah. go lucky. Hate it. We need to bring this down. Absolutely. We need to talk about what grinds our gears. Yeah, what sinks my boat. What crashes our rocket. What digs my dirt. What sucks my pores. One of the most annoying things in the world, to me, is when people talk about their diets. Oh my goodness. Dieting's great. Go on yeah, your diet. Sure. That's that's awesome. Better your life. But stay out of ours. <laughs> I don't need another Jenny Allen in my life. One's enough. So eat your grape nuts and bird seed from Whole Foods and let me eat my street tacos in peace. That's what I say. Here's a hot topic that we're going to talk about junior my friend is deconstructing her faith what can i do to help yeah we should do a whole episode on deconstruction is really what we should do it is a trending topic it is and for those critical evangelicals that's right and for those who don't know what it is it's this trend as jordan said among evangelicals millennials young evangelicals who want to feel like they're changing the world and reforming christianity it's this trend of basically Christians that are getting rid of their faith. It used to be called apostasy. It's just rebranded and millennials are eating it up. So what do you do if your friend is deconstructing their faith? That's tough. You know, I look at Jesus Christ and he spent his time with people who were hungry for God. So he, yeah, he still spent his time with sinners and drunkards and tax collectors, some seedy people. The difference was, is they were hungry for God. Those are the people that I want to pour my time into. And, I mean, truth be told, you, uh, you can't make someone hungry. 
Now, you can influence them, you can love them, you can be Jesus to them, and you should, but at the end of the day, you can't make someone hungry for God. And I know that sounds, I, I, that's really hard to hear, especially if it's like your child who's deconstructing, but their story isn't done. Don't put all this pressure on yourself to like reconstruct their faith to them. That's not going to work. Just follow Jesus, love him. Yeah, I think we just need to call deconstruction what it is. It is, the movement itself is demonic, and I don't think the term is helpful by any means. I think it is, it's, it's this term that's been hijacked by progressive Christians. Because the big part of it is we all grow up constructing our views, and then you get to a point in your life when you get older, and you say, wait, why do I actually believe what I believe? And you need which to— Which is a healthy point. Which is—we all get there. So this whole deconstruction thing, which is nothing new, but it has hurt the cause of Christ and Christians who are really trying to figure things out. Which leads us to the next question. Is there an appropriate place for deconstruction in the church? Interesting. Uh, maybe. I just wouldn't call it deconstruction. Again, I agree. I think the term does not help us at all because I think there's already an agenda that's attached to the word. Yeah, I mean, we all have parts of our relationship with God that maybe aren't healthy or accurate. Like, okay, so for me, sometimes I view God like a, a strict disciplinarian, and I could sit in that, and I can chalk that up to, you know, well, I went to a legalistic Christian school growing up that focused on Old Testament passages where God is strict and struck down people. I don't need to deconstruct that, though. I just need to grow closer to God and experience Him in a fresh way. And as I grow closer to God, all the inaccuracies and the off perspectives begin to melt away. So instead of jumping on this like trendy bandwagon of deconstructing and I need to reform the church and Christianity, why don't we just grow closer to Jesus and the rest will fall into place? I hear a lot of people comparing those who are deconstructing now to the reformers. No, which is yeah. a terrible, yeah. terrible misrepresentation of what the reformers were doing. The reformers were saying, okay, what is actually true according to Scripture? You have people who are deconstructing now, and they're not saying what is true according to Scripture and you know traditional church history. They're saying what is true to me. Mm-hmm. So they're they're taking their biases and saying, well, Scripture doesn't fit this anymore. I'm rejecting Scripture. Yeah. The reformers were saying... Hey, we're rejecting all this other crap because it doesn't fit into scripture and historic church doctrine. Well, I think the proof is in the pudding. You look at the reformers and what what was what happened after the Reformation. You had people who had this like this new drive and this new understanding of of God and wanting to be more closer to God and in their scriptures more. What's the proof in the pudding with the deconstructors? I haven't seen anybody deconstruct and like, yeah, I'm closer to Jesus. I've just seen them walk away from their faith. That's all I've seen. They're walking the away from their faith. Proof is always in the pudding. They're getting their hair colored different colors, pe- different piercings, and having sex with people, whoever they well, want. Well, yeah, that's often the, the truth. They, they want to have sex with somebody, so I'm going to deconstruct my faith to the point where now I can go have sex with them and I can justify it. But the, the reality is there are parts of your faith paradigm or parts of your faith, I should say, that are maybe not accurate, maybe not healthy. Sure, you could call it, yeah, I need to deconstruct it. But again, we would just say, why don't you just grow closer to God? And that stuff, you're going to start seeing things for what they are. And then accuracies and the wrong perspectives will melt away the closer you get to God. So just grow closer to God. Yeah, it's almost this identity. When you're saying, I am deconstructing my faith, you're putting this almost identity over yourself, which is like, I'm going to be doing this for a long time, doubting my faith forever. Doubt is never looked at in the Bible as a good thing. Now we all do it. Or me and Junior were pastors. We doubt. I doubt. I never doubt. <laughs> I doubt that. But we, we, we doubt. But it's, Scripture is never like, oh, good, you're doubting. It, scripture is always saying, it actually rebukes those who are doubting and saying, hey, I understand where you're at, but now put your faith in God. So yep. deconstructing is not a good thing. 
it is something that is inevitable and then you work at it to say okay now help me build my faith on a solid rock that is christ uh jordan it is that time are you ready for news? people have been talking about elon musk in twitter have you heard any of this junior i have elon musk is offering right now to buy a hundred percent of twitter junior stop sucking your face this is serious Elon Musk is offering right now to buy 100% of Twitter for $43 billion. That's insane. And he wants to take it private because he wants to use the platform in order to maximize and broadly expand free speech. Yeah. Well, I mean, because they've been censoring things. But, you know, we get the question a lot when it comes to, like, free speech and it being biblical. It's really hard to build a biblical framework for free speech. Like, I don't know if you can. Uh, it's, It's not something most of history has had the privilege of. Now, having said that, personally, I think free speech is awesome. Free speech is the main weapon against tyranny. Free speech gives the oppressed an opportunity to be heard and to be seen. The pushback on free speech is it can be offensive, and it is true. It can be offensive. But when we get rid of free speech and we censor, we set ourselves up for oppression by those who are doing the censoring. Now, that's my opinion. But as far as a biblical framework, I don't have one. Other than that, that as Christians, we are called to speak of our faith, to speak of our God, to testify of what God has done, is doing, and will do. And Christians have been put to death for testifying because we believe in the free speech of testifying the gospel to impact eternity. That is what we're all about. That's right. I don't think it's necessarily biblical, but I do think it's American. And anything that suppresses the word of God, well, then that's not biblical. There you go. Our next question right out of the mailbag is, what's your Enneagram number? (laughs) Junior, I'll let you start. What's your Enneagram number? Uh, I think I, 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 so it was investigator, something like that, um, which is like a five, I don't know, whatever. My girls took a test last week to see which house they are in in Harry Potter. I think that was just as accurate. (laughs) I don't think Enneagram is wrong. I just don't see much good in it. And, And I will say, okay, the history of how it came to be is a little sketchy. Like, do you hear this, Jordan? The yeah, guy, it was like, was it Zodiac stuff? I don't know. Like, well, the guy who wrote it has admitted some weird things about it. Like, rumor has it that he was in some sort of trance when he wrote it, and he doesn't remember that. I mean, I don't know. It's kind of weird to me. I just find a lot of people excuse their weaknesses by saying they're Enneagram number. It's like, you know, I, yeah, I yeah. lose my temper a lot at work, but, you know, I'm an eight. It's like, no, you're a jerk. Just don't be a jerk. <laughs> like, Enneagram easily becomes this tool we use to pigeonhole ourselves. So, like, for example, I'm a five. And sure, I guess it describes me. Like, Jordan, you probably agree with this. A five is curious and has an isolated personality. Anyone who knows me would say, like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, I can see that being you. But then I feel this pull to then just be that. All right, well, I'm not going to be in the church lobby talking to people. Or I'm not going to engage with other people because, you know, I'm a five. Just kind of what I do. I like to, you know, seclude myself. And all of a sudden, the stupid test is holding me back from growing as a person. Yeah, that's the thing with those personality tests. They almost hold you hostage and to pigeonhole you into this is who you are rather than well maybe you're called to be someone else and something else in certain times Uh, so i'm personally i'm not a fan of personality tests really in general i don't think they're very i mean not not only that my personality's grown in so many different ways yeah and if i get stuck to oh no this is who i am i'm not gonna grow well what was your enneagram number because you have to answer the question too my enneagram i I think it was stupid i I tried it four different times and i was four different numbers are you serious yeah that's funny see i okay so people really run with this you know they put it on their profiles at work and try to build teams around their personality tests. And for me, I just think whatever, like God was far more creative than making nine different types <laughs> of people. It's so true. And he expects us to grow. Last one of the canoe. 
Is it wrong to have pronouns in my bio? Yeah, well, let's explain what that means because I think we have people who are older than 20 who are going, I have no idea what this is. And it's going to sound completely ridiculous because it is. <laughs> right now, the thing is, is when you're on Instagram or Facebook, you're supposed to put the pronoun that you want to go by in your bio so that people know which pronoun to call you. There's an option on Instagram. It actually says to put your pronouns in there. Yeah. So it's not just like yeah. you're randomly typing it. And this is this is this is how like some middle schoolers introduce themselves even in their class. I mean, we had we had a girl and I'm so glad that she comes to our church, but she, we have a, a girl who d identifies as a boy. She comes and she introduced herself all weekend at church as, you know, I identify as this pronoun. Like the pronoun was a big thing to her. We had someone, a young adult who in their office, they had to go around at the beginning of the meeting and identify them by the pronouns that want to be used. Yeah. And yeah. she was like, um, I, she, her, her like she it, it's yeah. just insane it's becoming this very very big thing about which pronoun do you want to be used for so i, I think what this question is saying is like is it okay to and we're not going to get into the transgender stuff here but like you know i identify as a as a male of course so should i put him in my bio is that okay and what i the answer i have to that is it's it's another trend what's fueling that trend what's fueling that trend is transgender and a lot of gender confusion uh, and so do we want to give momentum to that? Personally, for me, I would say, no, I don't want to give momentum to that. I, when it comes to my pronoun, I just, I, I don't care. I just want to be different. I, I would rather be known by other things than by my pronoun. It kind of goes back to what we're talking about with the Enneagram. I'm more than whatever five or investigator, whatever that was. I'm more than my pronoun. Yeah, now I'm just going to be more black and white about it. I think it's wrong. And I think if you have it in there, and you're a Christian, it's wrong, and you need to absolutely take it but out. But you might have people listening who are thinking, okay, yeah, but Jordan, I put it in there to show, like, you know, I am him. I'm identifying as how God created me, so I'm going to put him in my bio. Oh, that's good. You're right. Then just put Christian, but I'd still take it out because you're still sending confusion. You're sending a message that you, because I've seen it on other on other Christians' platforms, and I'm not thinking, oh, you're sticking it to them. I'm thinking you're just conforming to this common trend and, and showing people, and you're trying to be sensitive. And I get yeah. the sensitivity of it, but there's just some things that Christians we don't necessarily need to be sensitive to. We just need to reject and rebuke. Sure. To wrap this all up, I mean, all of these questions, you see a lot of trends going on right now in the yeah. world. You see a lot with deconstruction. You see a lot of trending with, you know, pronouns, with personality tests. And really what we're saying is like, let's not get caught up in those trends. We're about Jesus Christ, following Jesus Christ, getting as close to Jesus Christ as possible and living out our faith. Trends come and go. They, they always have been. They always will. The stuff that's happening right now and trending now, some of the stuff is just rebranded from, from, what, centuries ago. Let's not get caught up in that. Let's just keep things simple, follow Jesus, love people, and live out our faith. All right, well, that's it. That's the end of Q&A River. This is the third time we've done Q&A River. That's my favorite thing to do, honestly, because it's very little prep. It's like, let's just sit down, answer questions, talk about what's going on. So I really love when we do questions. But we have had a lot of people ask, hey, where are we at on our downloads? Because we, you know, we're holding the canoe hostage. We're saying 30,000 downloads. Where we're, where we're at, we're not even at 20 yet, right? We're at like 19. Just about. Okay. Just about. We're at just about 20. We're doing well. And to be okay. fair, we said to the end of season three, and we did like four episodes. Yeah, that's Not true. very fair. Right. So here's what, here's what we're thinking. All right, we don't want to end the canoe. We might need to, but we don't want to end it. We're just thinking that Jordan and I recently shared a birthday. 
We're getting older. We are. And in our older age, we're slowing down a little bit. The canoe is a little bit slower than it was a year and a half ago. So what me and Junior are thinking is this canoe is not going to be a weekly canoe. We're thinking we're going to get in the canoe Yep. when we have something worth getting in to talk about. As needed. So when we've got something to talk about, when we've got a great river that we should go down, we're just going to do it. Instead of weekly forcing things, we're just going to do it as needed. And slowly die <laughs> right off into the sunset. <laughs> or we're just going to become slowly obsolete until you really don't care about us anymore. 